0: And hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you for spending your time here with us today. We appreciate you. You are great. You're amazing. And you know why I say that? I say it totally self-servingly because you're here and so, of course, you rock. No, but seriously, I appreciate it. I do realize the time that it takes out of your life to join in with us and to be part of this experience, to invest your time in you. Today, we want to talk about an aspect of our own nature, if you will, that is often overlooked. You see, we are, um, and it's described in many different ways, but essentially we are a three-part being. We live in a body... We have a mind, and then there is the spiritual part of us. So for those of you that are deeply scientific um, and don't have any religious background, shame on you. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, for those of you that come from a more science community, honestly, you have a way that you express it. For you, you call it energy. You talk about matter energy, the energy amongst things. Um, those kind of things but whatever phrase you use to describe this spirit that is us so think about it from the most scientifically non Steve Kidd is a third generation minister level and let's just talk purely energy for a minute um, from a scientific standpoint energy can neither be created nor destroyed um, it can be uh, it can show up in a different form. It can be, um, you know, divided into multiple pieces or combined into a larger sum. But the basic essence of energy, um, always, it always has been and always will be, is the general scientific definition of energy, um, and so. In that, the reason why I go so deep into that is because we need to understand that that, whatever religious background you come from or or not, um, that energy, that spirit, is a part of who we are. Um, it becomes really inter- interesting to see how that manifests small ways, um, like the ability of the human body to transmit electricity. Whether that be, um, you know, one person holds on to something electrical um, and then touches another person and that electricity travels through your body and into them. Um, Or it'd be things like, um, you know, if you've ever shocked somebody, um, you know, and on and on and so forth. Um, If you remember the movie The Matrix, they talked about how much energy one human being creates, you know, and the whole premise of that spoiler alert if you've never seen the Matrix movies uh, watch them and I'm sorry for you know blowing just a little piece of it but they talk about um, the concept of that and and ultimately the machines have uh, grown whole crops of human beings to reduce humanity to being a battery cell for computers is you know a very brief summary of that part of the movie series Um, And again, it's because of that energy that is us, Um, both the physical energy that is created in thinking and in your heart beating and in the movements that we do, but also in that more esoteric spiritual energy that, um, you know, you feel it. Think about the time somebody's walked into a room and you can sense who they are, how they show up in the world immediately. You don't have to wait. You can actually just immediately begin to feel the energy that is that person. Um, Some of us are more in tune to that than others, but uh, if you really want to see it play out uh, and you have a pet, um, especially dogs and cats seem to be really attuned to this, Um, But really all animals, because now that I think about it, you know, like I can think of horses that have done it and different things like that. Um, A person will come into the room and they will immediately feel the essence, the energy, the spirit of that person. Um, And I can tell you from experience, I'll tell you a perfect story. So we were in the process of remodeling a house when Kathy's mom had come to live with us and we had helped her sell her house and we we remodeled the house we remodeled the house so that she could have a, a really beautiful place that she did spend the last days of her life with us in the house and during the process of that the gentleman that we hired to be our contractor we ended up having issues with later on um and that's not really important in this particular story but the interesting thing is, is that our little dog, and you've heard me talk many times about my sweet little Mocha puppy. Um, she was a, She was truly. I mean, she's little now. She's nine pounds, full grown. Um, but back then, she was a baby. She was maybe a pound. I mean, she was tiny. Um, in fact, most days I'm glad she's not that small anymore because it was it was almost scary small. But um, she lived. Her whole world was basically a baby's playpen um, that was huge for her because, again, she was one, you know, one pound and we mostly kept her in there so that she would stay safe. And when this contractor came in, you know, usually even to this day, any of you that have ever come to my house, you know that it is a requisite to stop and give mocha belly rubs she is convinced that every single person that comes into the house has come for the one and only reason of visiting her to rub her belly. And uh, for those of you that understand the nature of Yorkies, um, you know, there's all kinds of fun memes about Yorkies and their, you know, their love of belly rubs and she's no different. And, um, you know, that's been how she's shown up in the world from the minute she came into our lives. Um, And, You know, so we were very used to her, you know, bouncing up and down at the edge of her, uh, at the edge of the little playpen and stuff. And, um, you know, whenever anybody came in and when this particular gentleman came in, he walked over to the edge of the thing. Um, and she, first of all, she wasn't jumping up as much as she normally did. And I should have caught that then, but I I wasn't really paying, wasn't in tune at that moment. Um, And then uh, as he walked over to pet her, she backed away and she never does this. I mean, really, literally, you could be a Domino's pizza delivery driver. And if I say, hey, come on in and put the the pizza down on the counter here, which I don't do very often, but every once in a while I do. um, If I did that, she would immediately assume. Well, in fact, even if you're at the door, she's going to assume this. But, you know, if you come in, you really need to be prepared to give mocha a belly rub. It just is true. It's it's how we show up in the world. We all live to serve mocha and rub her belly. Okay. Just if you didn't know that in life, now you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, in this one particular incident, and there's been a couple others, very few, but a couple others. Um, but, you know, in this particular instance, she backed away and didn't want him to pet her. Um, and this was early in the relationship. And I really believed at the beginning of the foundations of working with this gentleman, that he was an amazing individual. And Mocha caught something that we didn't catch. Months later, we were like, you remember when Mocha did, you know? And and so I say all of that. It's a long explanation to explain that there is something more than, uh, you know, whether or not we have or haven't bathed Today, or whether or whether or not we wear too much cologne, um, or you know, superficial things that we as people would judge, you know, person's bad hairdo or whatever. Um, there's something beyond our physical, um, and there's something that goes beyond our ability to mentally calculate. Um, you know, the computer, if you will, that is your brain. There is another part of that. And for the sake of this show and this program today, we're going to talk about that as spirit. So again, like I said, whatever your basis, whatever your belief system or lack thereof is, um, that's what I mean. Um, and it's important for you to be uh, willing to go along on this ride with me because um, I am going to introduce one of our best-selling authors whose book specifically addresses that as well. But I want you to really listen in today because I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time with you. Most of the show is going to be me sharing some things from a spirit nature with you. And I really want to take this journey with you today. It's important to me and I want it to be important to you too because really in the end, the part of us that is really, really us is that spirit. Again, remember, scientifically speaking, energy can, never, can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only transform its form. So when our bodies pass on and we are put in the ground, we become part of something else. We decompose. We have that. But there's that essence of who we are that is you know it's released if you will back into all that was um and i don't want to get really deeply into uh different religious philosophies about afterlife and those kind of things but just simply to stop at the point of saying that while we exist now there is the spirit that is us And after we pass, that spirit remains. And that's important because I believe strongly that that spiritual aspect of who we are is shaped and formed by actions and attitudes and input that we give it. Uh, again, if you think about it like electrical current, electricity can be moved through your house from where you where it starts to where you want it, to the lamp, to the refrigerator. You want the electricity to flow through those lines, through the copper wiring inside of those insulated, you know, little wires to a specific point you would be in a world of hurt if you had just a free-flowing electrical metal cage that you lived in you couldn't touch your walls you couldn't go in or out of your door you couldn't touch your floors without insulation around you or you would be electrocuted and the same thing is true with the spirit that is inside of us We have the capability of molding, of shaping, of directing the path and the purpose of that spirit. And I think a lot of times we take for granted each minute of each day um, on this time, this course that we're moving towards being a thriving entrepreneur. We take for granted our attitudes and our actions. There's a little um, there's a little thing that we have hanging up on our wall right now. It's I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's not really a poster. It's really more like a um, like a banner, um, and it says you know that it doesn't depend on who you are or what you do, but simply what you think, and I would take that a step further to say simply how you are shaping and molding your spirit. I've seen people make radical transformations in our life. And don't get me wrong, transformation is hard work. There's no two ways about it. If you want to make a change, if you really want to transform in life, it's going to involve good old-fashioned hard work. But I've seen people do it in whatever thing they were into into the place that they became and i've seen that happen in both good and bad i've seen good people continuously make bad decisions until they end up in a place where the person that they are now does not even close to resemble the person that they were Um, i had a very up close and personal front row seat to this happening in a person's life, it's my first wife, my ex. Um, you know, Kathy, I say amazing things about her all the time. I'm so blessed, and um, I'm even grateful at this point that that my first marriage didn't work because I get to spend the rest of my life with Kathy. So, I don't want you to feel bad for me, but I watched my first wife make decisions, make choices, and as each of those choices went on. It diminished who she was. We went from what one of my friends said, this is their critique, not mine, we went from what they would have called the ideal marriage to her literally living homeless on drugs and I was raising all five of our children. It wasn't because she didn't have opportunity She didn't have promise. She hadn't even done some very amazingly good things in her life. It was purely choice. Now, all of us have bad things happen in our life, and I don't want to diminish the bad things that happen in hers. But with all of us, and you've heard me say things similar to this before, but I really want to bring home the point today. With all of us, we have to at some point choose something different we have to choose a different path. If we don't take the elements of our past, the elements that happened to us right now in the now, and at some point choose to shape and mold those into something that's going to serve us to be better, you know, it's the age-old phrase, it can be your tombstone, or it can be your stepping stone. Um, You know, maybe you've heard, Kathy Sayer, Lisa Nichols Sayer, different ones. Um, You know, do you want to live in your story or do you want to live on your story? And we have to take up the banner, the challenge to rise above the story that we have. I know some of you that are listening right now, your story is very real, very terrible. Very impactful. And it has shaped who you are to this point. But here's what I want you to hear. Choice is yours. You now can rewire your electrical house, your spirit, to rise above, to become more than is or was. Your future is not written. You are not destined because of anything that has happened to date or anything that has been done to you to date. You are not a victim of that, but rather you are empowered with choice to have the past not equal to future. To reroute the electrical part of your nature, your spirit, into a person who is thriving. Now I know some of you are saying, Steve, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't know. You've lived a pretty guarded, pretty sheltered life. And you don't understand how bad it can be. And you know what? On the one hand, you're probably right. I probably don't know how bad it's been for you, but here's what I do know. There's more. There is possibility for you to be more, to do more, and to have more in life. Thriving is yours. It's a choice. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you need more time. To, as the phrase goes, soak in until you get all pruny. Sometimes we just need to mourn. Sometimes we need to weep and cry and bawl and wail. But when you're ready, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to know and understand that you have the power within you and that when you're ready, you can make the choice to live as a thriving entrepreneur. It's yours, believe it, and begin to live in it. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we're talking about your spirit, about rerouting it to a place of personal power like Tony Robbins used to stay, to a place where you can take what was and turn it into something amazing and powerful. So before we go any further in this conversation, I want to actually bring into the conversation one of our best-selling authors and her book Which is specifically talking about taking some incredibly awful things that happened to her sexually as a young adult or even as a teen, actually, and rearranging those, beginning to rewire her own personal house to be at a place where she can powerfully show up in the world now today. I encourage you to listen in and to get some information with whatever your situation is to be able to use these same tips and secrets to begin to really let your spirit flourish with inside of you. Join me in welcoming Jatara Jade. Hi, Jatara. How are you today? Hello, Steve.
0: I'm lovely. Thank
1: you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book and how you came up with the idea.
0: Well, the title is The Four Sacred Laws of Sexual Enlightenment. And it was really something that unfolded over many, many years. The the inspiration and the big why behind why I do it. I was sexually exploited as a young teen. And so this book is really a culmination of my healing journey and the spiritual quest I went on throughout that healing journey. And the beauty that I found in that and so my my big why behind that is to have a new legacy for the generations who follow us where you know they receive sex education that um, goes beyond the biology lesson where they learn the entire anatomy where they learn the sacredness of it the beauty of sexuality the power the responsibility how to consciously communicate and honor one another's boundaries so, and it starts with us as adults to take responsibility for our own healing and and to teach by example.
1: Mm, absolutely. So, um, you know, you went through some stuff yourself and you've healed through yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you, how do you like to present it? I mean, obviously you don't want to go too deep into the, ickiness that you went through so how do you present it so that it's accessible for people of all ages
0: the book itself well i wouldn't say all ages 18 and up i know in some of the categories on amazon in canada they put it in children i actually talked talked to tech support i said i'm not sure that's the right category but i was very specific it's 18 and over so it's for mature teens everyone on up um And basically what the book does, it's, you know, when we merge our primal sexual body with our divine spirit body from a place of peacefulness with everyone and everything from our past, it is a joy unlike any other. And this is our divine design. And that's what this book is about. It's a spiritual book as much as it is, it's about spirituality as much as it's about sexuality. It's really about merging Who we are as a divine, spiritual, and sexual being.
1: So, um, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in the book, and of course, to get all of it, people would have to read the book. But Mm -hmm. if you were to pick out just one thing today that is kind of your favorite that you could highlight for people, what would that be?
0: Ah, Well, I can tell you right now what the Four Sacred Laws are they are the gift, forgiveness, responsibility and the invitation and the gift and the invitation they're sort of the invitation is like the icing on the cake and the gift is just beautiful it's really embracing and acknowledging our sexual energy as the gift that it is the gift of life uh, not just for creating new human life but for breathing new life through us and honoring it and honoring our sexual energy as we would any precious gift that is given to us. And within the gift are many layers. That's actually chapter five, which is the first sacred law of sexual enlightenment. And that is the gift of the masculine yes. feminine essence that's within us. So yeah, yeah, I know that's a long answer to your question, but if just one thing, I you don't know if I can narrow it down to one thing because you know the book is really about pre, four primary things. <laughs> so really just really honoring and embracing Sexual energy is the gift and and being discerning and, um, you know, learning about that dance of the masculine and feminine within each of us and the different languages of that. Uh, Forgiveness. Forgive everyone and everything from your past. If you were sexually abused, I know there's a good portion of the population who has been or at least been sexually harassed. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. It's you're setting yourself free from the energetic connection of that person in the past, and that's a beautiful gift that you give to you. It's not condoning what they did, but it's setting yourself free from the emotional residue of that. And then the responsibility is obvious just you know, take responsibility for your own healing, be responsible in the way that you communicate with one another. And the aspect of responsibility I'm most passionate about is how we communicate to the youth. And the invitation is inviting God's source to the party, whatever God means to you, including that, remembering that, yes, God's source is mother, father, God, but the essence of God is in all relationships, including the lover. So inviting the lover essence of God into your sexual expression.
1: So what do you um, do with people who have a resistance around the area of spirituality um, and sex coming together?
0: Well, I mean, if, if you're going to resonate with this book, I mean, no one book is for everyone. So it is specifically for lovers and creators, people who are on a spiritual path. You know, you might have specific spiritual beliefs where this just, just does not work with you. But what I would say to you is, if you do believe in God, you know that God does not make mistakes. And our bodies were divine, designed perfectly in every detail. Before we came into this physical body, we're a non-physical spiritual being, and it was sexual energy. Someone had an orgasm, which made it possible for us to exist. So whether you choose to compartmentalize and put them separately or not, the fact is they do merge together. It is what brings us what allows us to be a spiritual being having a physical experience. They are merged together. It is our divine design. So whether someone, that's someone's belief system, that's completely up to them. You know, you um, anything I say, it's both right and wrong. If you agree with me, then it's right. If you disagree, then it's wrong. So it's really a, a choice of the individual. So if
1: you knew back when you were a, uh... a a younger girl, young adult, um, you know, if you could go back and uh, take the knowledge that you have now and share it with your younger self, what is that thing that you say, you know, you say to yourself, I wish I knew then what I know now.
0: To be able to say no and to be able to say no is a complete sentence. That's something that girls struggle, and this is an issue with boys as well, but I've seen this most a lot predominantly in girls and women, I was in my 40s before I was able to do that. There were times I was screaming "No inside," but, but it wouldn't come out. So um, And for me, I didn't have a strong father role model. What I've seen in, in young girls who have a strong father role model, they don't have that problem as much. So um, So yeah, what I would do differently. I'm not sure if I was going to say to my younger self, yeah, just being able to say no is a complete sentence. And hopefully, um, anyone listening, if they see the reflection of themselves in that, surround yourself with a healthy masculine, because that makes a big difference as well. I'm speaking to the women here. So as we
1: prepare ourselves to read the book, because yes. um, I think you need to be in the right place before you try to take on even the four laws, what, um, what should a person do to uh, prepare themselves to be able to, to read the book and really take in the information?
0: And there's really no preparation. Just read the book. The book takes you on a journey very gently you know, there's an entire part one, there's about four chapters before you even get to the four sacred laws. And it's the prelude to the four sacred laws. So that those chapters actually prepare you for the four sacred laws. So just read the book.
1: Give us a little uh, insight into some of the things that you're covering in those first four chapters.
0: Um, well, it's my my story for one. The first chapter one is my story. I go into a lot of detail about what happened to me as an adolescent when I was exploited into human trafficking, and how I rose out of that. How I um, the healing that I had and the awakening that I had, and it was a profound message that came from spirit. That was a turning point for me. Um, I also go into when I first started writing the book, there was a chapter called Bear Medicine. I actually rented a little little cottage, a little cabin, a cabin out in a town of 250,000, and that's where I began writing the book, and black bears were around me a lot, like I had one camping out next to the cabin. So there's a message on the significance of the totem teachings. It has a shamanic element of the messages that black bear brings and how that is in alignment with sexual enlightenment. So that's one of my favorite chapters. And another chapter is Tantra and Sexuality. So it brings a little bit of clarity on what tantric sexuality really is, because tantra in itself isn't necessarily sexuality. So that chapter brings a bit of enlightenment on that. So it sort of prepares you and eases you in. And this isn't a book on tantra. It's spoken in a very terms, terms, although there are some Sanskrit words that I translate for you, and because the Vedic teachings are very dear to my heart, so I go into a bit of explanation around that as well.
1: Time to dive deep into your sexuality and learn The Four Sacred Laws of Sexual Enlightenment, written by Jatara Jade. It's available now on Amazon. I encourage you to get it today. Thanks for being with us on the show today, Chitara.
0: Thank you for having me, Steve. We don't
1: have control over the actions, the things that others do to us. And sometimes those leave big gaping holes within us. But what we do have the ability to do is to control the from where, the from now, to make choices to learn to study to grow and to become more than the sum of the experiences we've had to date it's going to take work i don't want to lie to you i don't want you to say that you know you can just bippity boppity boo your life and all of a sudden tomorrow you'll be fine but if you're committed to doing the work you can rewire The spiritual nature that is the house that makes up you. Not the house, but the actual essence of what's inside of that house, if you will. To reroute that. To go to the places you need it to. To show up powerfully in the world. Because you have chosen to spend the time investing in you. And making you the best that you can be so that every day of your life, you're showing up in the world as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening in today on Thriving Entrepreneur. As we talk about the spirit that is inside of you, the spirit that is you, that thing that makes up who you are, that causes you to show up in the world. Um, I use the example, and I'm really going to stick with it, about the electricity moving through our house. So we have the ability with our mind with our study, with the things that we really invest ourselves in, we have the ability to shape and mold that spirit to give it um, a leg up or a leg down, to do good things with it. I, I talked in the initial segment of people, my ex specifically, that have taken what was good and made a series of choices that left uh, things in a very bad situation. Let's just kind of leave it there. But I want to talk about the other side because I've seen some people who have come from things that I can't even fathom. And you've heard some of them here on the show. I want to talk about a few of those. Um, You heard the young lady who talked about at five years old being in war-torn Central America? Her and her other, her I believe it was four other siblings. She was five years old, the oldest of them, and they had one cane of sugar that they all lasted lived on for a week until the army came through and moved them in. And that she then moved into uh, eventually being adopted in the United States and went through horrible traumas in her life. But now she's come from that. I, you know, Habibo who talked about, you know, her whole life being about being trained to be a little shepherd girl. And to spend her days out by herself. Roaming around with the cows, with the cattle, with the sheep. Tying her legs together. So that at the very least, if somebody sexually assaulted her. They would have to wake her up. And maybe she could fight back. You know, we've heard of stories of people... Who the level of poverty that they grew up in is so mind-boggling that living here in the United States, for those of you that are listening, that are in the U.S., we probably literally cannot fathom that level of broke-brokenness. And yet, they've risen above They're doctors, lawyers, teachers, ministers. You know, Lisa Nichols came from South Central and has risen to be a dynamic, amazing lady who every time she speaks, I'm in awe. You know, we've teased on the show, but it's really true that I think she could read you her grocery list and you'd be inspired to want to buy the things on those lists. It's a gift. It's a talent that she's honed as a craft. She hasn't allowed the past to be the definition. You know, so many of us grew up for years and years watching the Oprah show. And we know Oprah's story because she shared it so freely and openly with us about the assault that she went through as a young girl about being told how unattractive she was and how dumb she was and about how as she worked hard that she was told she would never make it in broadcast and so on and so forth. And yet, she's Oprah. (laughs) I mean, how else can I say it? She grew up and is Oprah Winfrey. There's just really no other way of putting that. So there are amazing transformational things that you can do if you're dedicated to do it. I think of my friend Kenya. Kenya was on her deathbed picking out her funeral dress. And Isogenics was introduced to her. She was over 600 pounds. She now weighs like 140 or 130 something. An amazing transformation. One day at a time. One exercise, one eating right thing at a time. With always having the right and the ability to reboot. That is the kind of opportunity that is available to all of us But so many of us don't take advantage of it. We sit back. We wait for life to define who we are. There's an old saying that says, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And I see so many people who the only real problem they actually have going on in their life is because they didn't define who they are The world gladly did it for them. And the world isn't nice to us most of the time. It wants to define us as less than. It wants to tell us that we don't have a whole lot of potential. Maybe because of the color of our skin. Maybe because of the economic situation that we were born into. Maybe we were born into a great economic situation, but as happens, calamity struck And now we're impoverished. And the world tells us that we're just stuck that way. That we're a loser, that we're unlucky. I want to be here today more than anything else to tell you that that's not true. You are uniquely brilliant. You're amazing. There is no one like you. There never will be another you. If you are an identical twin, if you're an identical quadruplet, none of those others are exactly like you. You are uniquely brilliant. You are exactly who you are. You were created for a purpose. You've heard me quote it so many times. But I love what T.D. Jake said. It was so important that you came into existence. That God didn't care what two people it took for you to exist. God literally moved heaven and earth. And maybe the people that it took to specifically, in a microsecond in time, come together. For out of the millions of potential in that coming together... That the one combination that would create you came together at exactly the right microsecond to make you. And now you exist with all the potential in all of the world to show up, to show out, and to show the world transformation like it's never seen before there's somebody listening today that their come from story is the best story that somebody else will hear. you see the thing about it is I can talk to you about my story I can tell you what it's like to grow up I was in my 40s before I really realized just how poor we, we were my mom did a great job of feeding us and clothing us. My dad worked hard. And because of the nature of the churches that my pop, my father pastored, we always lived in middle to upper middle income neighborhoods. Most of, almost all of the time in my growing up life, in very nice houses. And because the church paid the basic things for the rent and utilities and usually health insurance, we had some of the most basic necessities in our lives taken care of. And so I didn't know. And the things that I can tell stories of and they shock people, I didn't know that they were shocking. I remember I was about five years old and we were in the house and there was literally no food in the house. It's not one of those kind of things where, you know, like, and I know what it's like. I have this. I mean, we've all had the time when you go to the cupboard and it's like, hey, I don't want to eat any of that stuff. And so you go to the store because you want to get something else or um, you skip a meal because you're not that interested in eating those things. But in this particular case, I'm talking about a specific incident where my mother, who could stretch a jar of green beans that my grandmother had canned herself into an entire meal for myself, my two older brothers, and my father and her, that there was nothing Nothing that she could turn into a meal. Not even with her considerable talent at literally creating something out of nothing food-wise. There was no food in our house. Some of you know what that's like. Some of you don't, and I'm glad for you. We were faced with the very real life, the very real moment in life, of having no food, of going to bed without food. It was early, um, early evening, probably six o'clock, and I remember there was a knock on the door. And my father went to the door, and there was a person there with a bag of with a bag of groceries, and they handed it to him. And they told him that they just knew that he needed a little bit of help right now. And they wanted to bless him. And before he could close the door, or maybe it's more like before he closed the door and got the food to the table, there was another knock on the door. And my mom went to the door. And there was another person with another bag of groceries. And it got to the point where the groceries were flooding into our house. And if you've ever been a small child that had been told by their parents that they weren't sure what we were going to have for dinner that night and then seen a literal flood Of groceries like you had never, literally never seen in your whole life, coming into the house, person after person bringing stuff into the house and telling you that they want you to feel loved and blessed. It's an overwhelming thought. It was an amazing situation. And after a while, all the people had come and all the counters and the table all around the whole house, there was food everywhere. Food like I'm not sure that ever in my life I've ever done that level of grocery shopping or preparation for Huge holiday parties or anything. I'm not sure that I've ever had that much food in my house ever since. In times of great blessing. Just never, never had a need. And yet I remember the overwhelming feeling of all of that food. And the gratitude. But I also remember what I said and I remember the first time I told my wife Kathy about this because I remember her her reply. I said to my mom, I said, it's too much. We don't deserve all this food. You know what we should do, Mom? We should give some of this food to people who really need it. Now remember, we didn't have any food in the house until this flood came. It gives you an insight into the heart that I had as a five-year-old. I've always had a giving spirit. But it also gives you an insight, and this goes back to what I said When I told Kathy the first time and she said to me, she said, you know, that's not normal. And here's the thing. I didn't know that wasn't normal. I didn't, as I said, when I started this story, I didn't know as a child growing up how poor we were. I remember recapping this story a few years ago. And my aunt, who was a missionary in, in, in Africa, she said, you know, I, I know because, I mean, comparatively, we were rich compared to the way my, my mom and her family grew up. But she said, you know, I used to think we grew up poor until I met people who were really poor. And I know, even as I tell the story about an abundance of food, I know how blessed I've been my whole life but I also understand that you may be going through something today and you may feel like nobody understands and maybe I don't completely understand, but I do know that from that seemingly impossible place where whatever that thing you need is, maybe it's food, clothing, shelter, where the basics Feeling safe as a child didn't exist. I know that you can rise from that. That you can be like a phoenix rising from the ashes. You can transform. You can take that spirit that is within you and you can do amazing, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond things that you can even ask or think of right now. Amazing things in this world. Because within you there is a spirit that goes beyond your ability to think your way through it. Beyond your ability to work hard with your physical body, work until you drop, there is within you a spirit it can soar beyond all that you could ever conceive of to a place of blessing, of prosperity, of transformation like you've never imagined before and I know that it's yours and I know that your spirit is crying out for it And I encourage you today to allow life into that spirit, to wire yourself for growth, for development, for more, for better, above and beyond all you can ask or even think. In this spirit that lives within you, allow it to thrive. because you were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. Because the things you've come through, there's somebody going through that right now. And the things that you've learned so far, somebody else needs to learn them. Now I can tell you three months, six months, two years, 20 years from now, there's gonna be more that you're gonna to need to share. But where you are right now, the world needs you. You need to share that message with the world. And you need to share it in such a way that it's not just a fleeting voice that is said and then goes away. Put it in print. Put it in a digital ebook. Write it down. Share it with people all over the world. Not just people that can get to your event. Not just people who can hear you rant in your living room. But to everybody all across the world. Share that message. And while you're writing a book, because that's what I'm talking about, why not make it a bestseller? I would love to have you come join us. In our free group, it's called Best Sellers Guild. If you just go to bestsellersguild.com, we would love to invite you in. We would love to celebrate as your story is shared with the world. As you transform. As that spirit that's within you does amazingly, exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask or even think, amazing, thriving things in the world, that that can go out into the world and it can change the world. Just your little corner of the world, just the people that you were meant to serve, I have a secret for you. What if you only just helped one person? Think about it for a minute. That would be enough. That would be more than enough. So it's time to share that message with the world. To make that difference that only you can make. To join us in Bestsellers Guild. To step up to grow the spirit that is within you into a tidal wave of transformation within yourself for only one reason, and that's so you can share it with the world. Because at the end of the day, if you share that message with the world, that is how you'll live as a thriving entrepreneur. Please know that Kathy and I are here, here to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.